your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Jeff's really, he's just trying to irritate me and draw me off sides, Clint, because he knows that I hate Wichita, and uh, this is about the Wichita lineman, mm-hmm. and he's just trying to, he's trying to pull me off sides a little bit, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold steady in my stance. Let's see. <laughs> Although you've mentioned it. I know, I know. So, so, so you've at least I, let him know that you're no. I came across it. the line, but I didn't initiate contact. I got back before the ball was snapped. That's good. See, it's really more about Wichita, Kansas today as opposed to trying to annoy Chuck. Yeah. Mm. If I was trying to annoy Chuck, we'd just be hearing the Wabash Cannonball every you know, break. <laughs> mm. that's, that's probably on the list somewhere, I would be my guess. You know, it, I don't know that I'm going to get that far. Okay. I mean, it's not not on the list. We'll put okay. it that way. You know, if you had crossed the line, you wouldn't have been a very good Wichita lineman. Right, no, case. no. Uh, Johnny in Austin says this, I don't want a single punt or a fourth down try. Well, I mean, I, I hear you on that. I hear, I hear you on that. Uh, this compliment to you and I, Clint. Well, hell, we got to <laughs> Jayhawk's Sunday morning show. This is liable to make people madder than a bunch of left-handed jazz, whatever that means. I'm, I'm left-handed. Are you left-handed? I'm not. Okay. I'm not. My dad is. Okay. Uh, my friend Dan in Dallas says, "What's with the negative Nancy Hines today? Sounds like a funeral." No, I was just giving you, I was just giving you a, a, a factoid, uh, Dan in Dallas, and, and uh, hopefully Dan uh, makes it today. I'm wondering, I'm wondering what the status is for Dan in Dallas. He he uh, alluded to a conflict that he's got with uh, the K State game. His wife's got some. You know, big party with uh, her boss that has been scheduled for the K State game, and I think I think Dan's that's right. I think Dan's being forced to go to that game. I forgot that yeah. that was uh, brought up quite a bit ago, wasn't it? Like yeah, a month ago. Right, so, right. So so either he's uh, cemented himself in and just given in, or you've had a month of planning, yeah, and elaborate ruses to work up, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, that or just outright bribery. Um, <laughs> let's see. I don't want to see copy play. I want to see smooth, control, effective, offensive, uh, with smash mouth defense forcing takeaways. Easy enough. Mm-hmm. A-okay. Right. I, I mean, I, that's part of it. I do just frankly want to see you beat them up, mm-hmm. especially defensively. I mean, yeah. I want. I just want you to look really gritty out there. Uh, and again, be smart and do all the things you're supposed to take care of, but I just want to see you smash them. Sure. <laughs> Play um, physical. Texas Tech is 26-1 and one against the FCS. Your last loss was to North Texas in 1988, 29-24. Yeah, that's, that that's before a couple of years before my time, but, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was here for a North Texas loss, and those, were, those are not pretty. Yeah. So... I don't expect uh, I don't expect any problems tomorrow. I kind of expect it more along the lines of uh, last year, Murray State. You beat them sixty-three to ten. Um, not looking for the what we saw in in twenty-one and twenty when uh, right. you barely beat uh, Houston Baptist offensive coordinator uh, Zach Kitley. Uh, you won thirty-five, thirty-three. Damn lucky to win that game, mm-hmm. and then damn lucky to win the next year against Stephen F. Austin, twenty-eight to twenty-two. 
Yeah, yeah. that was that Stephen F. Austin, especially yeah. with the real. I think that was the Jalen Hutching saved you game, right? Didn't he have a play late there yeah. on that last mm-hmm. drive on fourth down? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. So, um, Texas Rangers win last night. Boy, that's a that's a huge four game series win um, over the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, it's just it's just massive, you know, especially with kind of when you thought that maybe the Rangers were kind of swirling playing back the drain to, a little bit, swirling drain, yeah. playing back to the playing back to the uh, to the crowd, so to speak, and and they figure out a way to win again, mm-hmm. and um, so that's good. And uh, put themselves in a in a much you know better spot. You know we're, we're getting down to a handful of games left. Uh, Rangers win nine to two last night uh, over the Blue Jays, so they're now eighty two and sixty four on the season. Uh, Corey Seager had a home run and drove in three, and uh, Jonah Hyde had a solo home run, and uh, the Rangers Rangers get the victory. So um, you're going to have to do this now without Max Scherzer, but you're going to get Josh Young back. Yeah. Um, thing about last night is Nate Evaldi only went three and a third, gave up three hits, two runs, walked three, struck out three, did give up a home run. Uh, so, you know, maybe he's pitching his way back in, but doesn't yeah. give you a great amount of confidence, especially with the loss of Scherzer. I'm, I'm not real worried about Evaldi just yet, just with him, you know, bounce, trying to bounce back. Um, I think the, the more positive sign from this is other than that you just swept Toronto, especially when you needed to for playoff positioning with who you're facing. Um, if you can get the offense going like it has been in this series, like now is the right time to do that, mm-hmm. um, that's going to give you give me a lot more confidence as you head into hopefully a playoff berth and you kind of stay with that. And, you know, uh, the division, you're only a half game out now and you've got – uh, some opportunity ahead to have that as well, which, I mean, if I was a Rangers fan, I'd feel a whole lot better if you just went won the division and didn't go in as a wild card. Sure. But if you look more like you were doing well earlier in the year and you had the bats going, uh, and hopefully, you know, when you get young back in the lineup, now I know it's hard to bounce back and be the same player, at least immediately following an injury. Um, adding him into the lineup from a bat perspective. If you can get the offense going, you know, w- whenever you were talking about some of the relief uh, issues that you had earlier in the year, you were still picking up wins because the offense was just carrying you. Yeah. And you need to be a balanced team. You need to have good pitching. I'm not saying it's not important. Um, but if you have more of what you had in this series, I feel pretty good about the Rangers' chances, at least, you know, looking good down the final stretch and picking up a bunch more wins and making sure you're in the playoffs. John Gray goes tonight for uh, the Rangers, uh, eight and seven, the 396 earned run average. So uh, uh, he'll go against uh, Lucas Giolito, who is uh, seven and 13 for the former tribe. Um, <clears throat> he's got an ERA of 4.89. So uh, maybe he can uh, cough it up a little bit more tonight. So it's, you have opportunity. Uh, is your consumer confidence on the Rangers at least making the playoffs? Is it sky high? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, maybe not all the way in the sky. I don't know, treetop high. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel good about their chances right now. I'm trying to wait to see what you do past this series, though. Now, Rangers are in the second spot of uh, the wild card. They lead Seattle by a game. They lead Toronto by a game and a half. Uh. 
Correction on the uh, Yates Warning Center chat line. I don't want to see choppy play. I want to see smooth, control, effective, offensive. Okay, gotcha. Choppy. I'm with you on that. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time for this day in sports history. Today is September the 15th, 2023. Here is Jeff McGuire with this day in sports history. Good day to do something historic, by the way. Okay. Uh, 1946, Dodgers beat the Cubs 2-0 in five innings. The game was called because of Nats. Nats. Oh, I get it. <laughs> that, that veil would be very thin from here. Okay, it's too much out here. There are too many Nats out here. Wrap it up, boys. 1961 in the 61st U.S. Golf Amateur Championship. It's won by Jack Nicklaus at the age of 21. 1978, Muhammad Ali beats Leon Spinks in 15 rounds for the World Heavyweight Boxing title. 1990, Chicago White Sox Bobby Thigpen is the first to record 50 saves mm-hmm. in a single season. I feel like he was a guy that flamed out. Giving a look of disagreeing. You are. I mean, he didn't have 50 every year or anything, but he was a solid reliever through his career. Okay. 1995 Cardinal shortstop Ozzie Smith sets a record of 1,554 double plays. Nice. In 1996, Texas Rangers retire their very first number. 34? 34. Nolan Ryan. In 2007, Michael Crabtree has 11 catches for 244 yards and grabs three of Graham Harrell's six touchdown passes as Texas Tech beats Rice 59-24. to In 2012, mm-hmm. Seth Dagey throws six touchdown passes. Eric Ward scores three times. And the Texas Tech Red Raiders earn, uh, earn 702 yards in uh, total offense. And a 49-14 win over New Mexico. And in 2018, Alan Bowman sets a true freshman Big 12 record with 605 yards passing. And Antoine Wesley has a school record 261 yards receiving in Texas Tech 63-49 in a home win over Houston. 63-49. Wow. <laughs> Man, and to think that would kick off Alan Bowman's historic career where he'd spend all four years at Texas Tech. <laughs> what do you feel about the Oklahoma State situation over there? Sorry, I won't, I won't cut you off. It's, it's weird, right? Yeah, it's weird. It is weird. I was waiting for you to have more than weird. No. Uh, happy National Double Cheeseburger Day. I, I'm a fan of the double burger. I'm just not a fan of the double cheese. Sorry. I don't really like cheese. I don't like cheese on my burger. Mm, I, uh... If, if I'm going double, I mean, I'm going fat guy all the way in. Just going to have some bacon in there. A lot of sauciness somewhere with the condiments. Mm-hmm. Probably, like, I, I don't mind vegetables on a on a cheeseburger, but if I go double, <laughs> vegetables probably aren't making it. <laughs> We're going hard, a what, full what cardio. What vegetables stomach. would you want on there? Well, like, if it's a normal cheeseburger, I'll go, like, I'll go le- lettuce, onion, and tomato. I'll go pretty, okay. pretty simple. Okay. It's also National Creme de Mint Day. And National Linguini Day. 
I'm, I'm out on the linguine. It's just pasta. I, I'm just I'm just out on it. I'm mm. out on the linguine, and I'm out on. Uh, yeah, just give me either spaghetti. Give me spaghetti. Just give me the regular spaghetti. I like switching up the noodles over here. Like, you, and you can get like to like the weird ones too that are like twisty and small. I mean, it's all it's all a sauce vessel, right? That's what yeah. it's there for. <laughs> That's kind of why I'm like, how could you not like linguine? <laughs> uh, happy birthday, Tom Hardy's forty six. Tommy Lee Jones seventy seven, and Dan Marino is sixty six. Uh, excuse me, sixty two. And on this day. In 2008, the venerable Wall Street brokerage firm uh, Lehman Brothers seeks Chapter 11 bankruptcy mm. protection, becoming the latest victim of the subprime mortgage crisis that would devastate financial markets and contribute to the biggest economic downturn since the Great Depression. And that is this day in sports history. All right, let me give you some numbers on Bobby Thigpen, and you, you tell me if he flamed out or not, okay? He... Uh... Began his major league career in 1986. He went 31 and 36, an ERA of 3.43, 376 strikeouts, and 201 saves. He had 57 in the 1990 season. Oh, I mean, rather, rather pedestrian. Pitched for the White Sox from 86 to 93, the Phillies in 93, the Mariners in 94, and the Pukoko, Daniel Hawks uh, from 94 to 95. I I, I am disappointed that they no longer have, they no longer have the Rolaids Relief Man of the Year uh, award. You know, where they'd give the silver fire helmet or the Mm -hmm. gold fire helmet. Gold, 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 I believe it was. Mm -hmm. He was the saves leader in 1990, but that's, that's it. All right, 652 this morning here. This morning on the morning drive. Uh, Jimmy Buffett is weighed in. I like hamburger with mustard, lettuce, tomato, onion, and pickles. Oh, I thought, I like, uh, you know, what's that song? How's it go? I like cheeseburgers and, help me, cheeseburgers. Are you combining cheap seats, cheeseburgers, and Paradise, and Margaritaville into one song? Yeah, yeah. Stop that. Yeah, okay. I was trying. I was trying to. Okay, okay. I, I was trying you. to. I'm sorry. That's yeah. right. No, no, no. It's, no. You know, it's it's Friday, six fifty three <laughs> this morning here on the uh, morning drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, somebody says this. It may be weird that Gundy's playing three quarterbacks, but Oklahoma State is two and zero. Oh. Yeah, well. they are. But I mean, again, I stand by. I wish this was a year that you had them on the schedule because sure, it does not look good. They have not played good opponents. Sure, and, and look, I get the record is what you know is what you are. But they've struggled against Central Arkansas, not a good team. They've struggled against Arizona State, not a good Power 5 team. So um, plenty to clean up there for the Cowpokes. But you're right, they are 2-0. I'd love to be 2-0. Uh, I have a morning drive update for you uh, this morning. And now for a morning drive update. You like that little thing there? The little yeah. morning drive update? That's nice. Uh, Dan in Dallas reports. Looks like I may have four tickets for sale or a promotion with the morning drive because he'll be with his lucky lady mm. uh, the night of the K-State game for her boss's big birthday. Man, you still got time, though. You still got time <laughs> to figure it out. Don't give up hope. Maybe she'll relent and say, hey, you really don't need to come with me to this boring party. Maybe she just wanted to hear you say that you would go 
Mm -hmm. said, you know what? You can go to the game. Actually. Right. After, at the end of the day. Right. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Clint Scott is in for Jamie this morning. Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Great to have you with us this morning on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. You can give us a score prediction if you'd like. Go to the uh, Yates Flooring Center chat line through the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. And, uh, and weigh yours in. So if you can... Uh, it's just for bragging rights. That's all it is. No, yeah. no, no, no special prizes. At least not today. Uh, one little tidbit uh, for tomorrow. Uh, just you know, conversation starter for the person in front of you or behind you or next to you, or just for you to share with your lucky lady. So the Red Raiders are going to wear the black helmets with the double T on the side. Uh, Donnie Anderson's team. Uh, this is kind of his uniform from 1963. That was the first time they put double T's on the helmet. Previously, they had numerals in the helmet, which was pretty common back in mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, but on the uh, on the numerals of the red top and the white pants, on the numerals embedded in there is a double T. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got a little double T on the on the numeral. Um, n- numerous of them. It's a step and repeat mm-hmm. design. So there you go. How about that little? Little add, added a little extra tidbit for you. Okay. So if you hear someone uh, commenting on the uniforms when you're at the game on Saturday and you hear someone else go, you know, you know, you probably know that's going to follow it, right? Right, right. <laughs> that's going to follow it, right? You know, like you could be, you know, fellow morning drive listeners yeah. that uh, commentate to each other. Uh, <laughs> Tarleton State comes in off of a win over North Alabama, 52 to 31. They have a three game winning streak. Their head coach has been there for quite some time, 14 years. This is his 14th season for Todd Witten, who was a guy that uh, spent some time at Texas Tech as a grad assistant way back in the day. Uh, Red Raiders, of course, coming off the 38-30 loss to number 13, Oregon. Uh, this is from the Yates Morning Center chat line. Tech 33, Tarleton 30. Yeah, that I will, that will not be a happy uh, post game. I mean, you'll be happy you won, but mm-hmm. if you are giving up 30 points... That's going to be really concerning. And if you're only scoring 33, to me, that would be somewhat concerning as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, T- Todd Witten is interesting. So you mentioned is how many combined years was it? Uh, 14. 14. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a kind of an anomaly in college football because he was there in 96 at Tarleton for a season mm-hmm. uh, and then had stops after that. As a quarterback coach in Wyoming for a season, offensive coordinator in Sam Houston State, and then back to Tarleton State for four years, 2000 to 2004, and then left again, offensive coordinator at, uh, excuse me, went to Sam Houston State from there as the head coach, and then offensive coordinator at Lamar, had a stop in Arlington Heights High School, went to UTEP as a wide receiver coach, and then in 2016, as he leads them from the FCS to... Uh, or excuse me, from the Division Two to the FCS Division One ranks, back to Tarleton State. So he's had three stops now as the head coach, Tarleton State, <laughs> and just keeps coming back. They just keeps uh, coming back. They must like him. Yeah. Uh, usually, you don't get a third bite of the apple. No, and, and you know, I I don't think any of those were him leaving and them go uh, clearly going. Oh, you know, forget that guy. We didn't need him anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially whenever you're making jumps the way that he did from then Division Two to step ups, whether that be you know FCS or you know like the UTEP step stop and something like that from a 
FBS Division One, but still the, the the coming back three times is interesting. Yeah, that is. Uh, last time you played on September the sixteenth was in twenty seventeen, so that was six years ago. Uh, you won fifty two forty five over Arizona State. It kind of really felt like that you would be a little bit uh, more productive. Nick Shimanick, though, had a good night. Threw for 543 yards, six touchdowns. And uh, Kiki Kuti caught uh, 12 passes for 186. And Dylan Cantrell had eight for 160. But you snuck out of there with a victory. Mm-hmm. You snuck out. Yeah. 52-45. The only time that you've lost on this day, and I was at this game. God, it was just a, it was a dreadful game. 2006 at TCU. Horn Frogs were ranked 20th. This was before they redid the stadium, okay? And Tech lost 12 to 3. <laughs> it's just a it was a dreadful dread and it was a, it was hotter than hell. Yeah. It was muggy humid. We we parked in a uh like a grocery store parking lot and that that was on the east side. We sat on the west side. That's where our seats happened to be. And um boy, it was just um And that's a bad combination too, right when you you go and you watch a bad football game. You can go any sporting event mm-hmm. outside, but especially football. Um, and then you have like terrible, awful weather on top of it. Yeah. Where at least you know if you if you win that game, muggy, you, you go. Really hot. Boy, you, you don't remember that it was muggy. You go and you boy, you went in and beat TCU that day. Yeah. Boy, what a fun win. <laughs> but no, you lose that game. It's mm-hmm. ugly. And then also you add in. Oh, and by the way, the weather sucked. It really it was really really hot. <laughs> what what is. Um, what has frustrated you the most so far this year about this team? Oh, the most? Yeah, I mean, it's, I, you know, I would say maybe not, you know, the turn. But just, is there anything that has frustrated you that's beyond the beyond what everybody's discussed? I mean, is there something that you, you're kind of really kind of looking to see improvement on? I think it would. I think it's, uh, and maybe this is a cop out answer where it's a buildup of a lot of things, but the. The, the sense when you're heading into this season that we focus so much on, which I still think was valid uh, and is, and, and you're allowed to feel that way at the end of the season, but that this is a super experienced team, this is an old team, a team that has a bunch of starts, and on both sides of the ball, you're making, non, you're making non-experienced, inexperienced mistakes, mm-hmm. right? And when you come into the season with an experienced team, you expect them, you know, you're, you're not going to just be perfect but closer to what your ceiling will be uh, because you know what it takes to, to play at this level, right? And you haven't shown that at all. And I think it's, I think that's what's frustrated me the most, right? Because from an offensive line experience, what have we talked about? How old that, this sure. offensive line is. Mm-hmm. Quarterback, this is a six-year quarterback, right? Defensively, you've got returners at almost all positions. You know, you had some questions about the interior linebackers and, and not questions uh, as far as like a concern standpoint can anyone do it but that was who you were replacing um, and all of this talent that you have on the defensive line um, and all of these guys that are coming back from the receiver room and you add in a Dre McCray who's played a lot of football so I think it's the this thought that you were going to be headed the right direction from game one and you've looked inexperienced and you're not, but that's just the, the feeling that I've taken from it. Because mm-hmm. that covers the turnover side. That covers not finishing uh, and sticking with your rush lanes. That 
busted coverage at times, dumb penalties, all of those kind of encompass. If you're an older player, an older team, you don't do those things. You don't do the things that beat yourself. Yeah. Yeah, no, I and I think that I think that's they've echoed a lot of those thoughts uh, coach McGuire has. And to to me, if I could just sum up one group that I think has underperformed that we haven't really talked about a whole lot, I just feel like the wide receiver group as 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 deep as you're supposed to be and as talented as you're supposed to be, I I just I don't feel like they've helped elevate this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, is that is that fair? Yeah, I I don't think you're you're wrong by any means. It, it's uh something where you've only played two games, and I still think Jaron Bradley is going to be the candidate for this. And you've seen some good plays from the receiver room, but no one's really separated themselves yet. Um, and you also haven't seen the receivers separate from the defense consistently yeah, and, and and you're supposed to have a lot more speed this year and granted you went against Oregon that's a really fast team so maybe that's a bad example and we'll feel different in a couple of weeks after you've played Tarleton and you've played a West Virginia but I agree I mean it, no one's really jumped off the page to me just yet I mean for 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 all the talk about it you know mm-hmm. I mean you had drops against Oregon or, mm-hmm. or balls that were not caught that could have been caught you had a big one that was not caught against Wyoming. Mm-hmm. If you make that catch, you win the ball game, despite everything else. Um, and some are going to point to the offensive line and uh, four turnovers. I, I get it. I understand that. But I mean, if you're not running Chris Browns and you're not getting yourself open, mm-hmm. I, you could have still overcome all that. You had a bunch of you had a bunch of drops on Saturday. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It's uh, Clint's question of the day. I, I want to make something clear. I was not born in Kansas. I was not wet in Kansas. I was. I was. I was. I was matriculated in Kansas. Okay. Okay. Time now for Jamie's here. question of the day. Brought to you by someone not named Jamie. Actually, you were wet in Texas, right? I was wet in Texas. Here yeah. In Lubbock. yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Here in Lubbock. Yeah, not not very far from here. Actually, for me, right down the street. Uh, I was closer to headed to shallow water. Yeah, I mean, literally. Yeah. Of course, of course, I can't get. We can't get down the street right now because this whole damn town is torn up. I, I just, I mean, even even if you go out of our gate to the right. That they've closed that street down uh, because they're working on some curb. And they've got Avenue Q messed up from the interstate, from the Marshall Sharp to 19th Street. And then from going west to I-27. And then, I mean, it's like everywhere I go, they've put up barricades. I, I talk to businesses all day, every day. They can't find employees. You want to know why? Because they're putting up barricades all over the place. And they're digging up holes in the concrete and then not fixing them. Between the city workers and the TxDOT guys, it's like, get off your lunch bucket and get out there and fix something. But see, now they can't because now it's all full of water because it rained. And so they'll have a rain out day today. Meanwhile, we all have to just suffer and suffer and suffer with these endless barricades and, you know, 19th Street, they're finally going to get the paving done on it. 
So yeah, I'm, I'm irritated. I'm irritated by the fact that they closed our street. Which, by the way, the street, across, the hotel across the street is for the Red Raider buses. Then they go down Glen of Goodacre. I don't know. Just extremely frustrating. It's a it's a torn up downtown right now. I'm afraid what will happen if you walk out of the door and see an orange cone like in the hallway. I'm going to kick it. <laughs> Cone's not going to stand a chance. Yeah, I'm going to kick it. All right, uh, time for Clint's question of the day and for Jamie. It's a good song. That's a, that's a jam from old Sarah McLachlan. Uh, elephant music. <laughs> All right, uh, snapshot opinion from the two games you've seen for Texas Tech football. Mm-hmm. we can do a little projection here. Okay. Uh, when we look back at the 2023 season, when it's all said and done, mm-hmm. what will Tech's biggest strength have been, and what do you think that their biggest weakness will be? Biggest strength and biggest weakness. When it's all said and done. When it's all said and done. Okay. Uh, I think... I think our weakness is what what we think it is right now the the linebacker spot in your your ability to get off the field on third down because you've allowed too many first downs on third and five mm-hmm. and you just you, you you can't stop them. Um, I think our I think our strength is going to be our ability to score. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna figure out how to protect Tyler Shuck. Because I don't, I still don't think there's anybody that you're just really scared in your boots about to face in the Big Twelve. Maybe, maybe Texas to a degree, um, but I, I think that you're 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 going to be able to get the ball to your receivers eventually, and I think you're going to get Taj Brooks involved more. One of the, one of the things that they talked about with Taj Brooks is his ability to to block, and so it's like okay, maybe he needs to stay in the game more to to help Shuck. Uh, and give him even more time to throw. But they do need to hand the ball. And Coach McGuire talked about this on Monday. Hey, we need we need to run him more. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I bet you he runs for 150 tomorrow. I hope so, because my concern with that is, is that's what they said going into the Oregon game, right, after Wyoming. They said a, a similar thing about him, or at least uh, Coach Kitley did. But I, I, I think they mean it. <laughs> They just have to execute it and actually give him the ball. But yeah, right. <laughs> I, just, I mean, you can say, "Well, he's gonna. We gotta involve him more." Okay, but you you are the one that has to give him the ball. Well, I guess Tyler Sheck is the one giving him the ball, but still, Jeff. I think your biggest asset for this football team that we will look back on is your defense. Say what you will about it; they've played well enough in both games mm-hmm. to win. And it's hands down, not even close, that they've played well enough in both games to win those games. They, that's something you can rely on. Your biggest hindrance continues to be, and I'm worried that it will be, turnovers. You've got to take care of the football. Whether it just be Tyler Shuck with the, the fumble and the interceptions, or if Taj does get going and he gets some uh, fumble problems later throughout the season... If you're handing the ball over to the other team, take away the pick six. Take away the the Hail Mary at the end of the game. That's still two turnovers too many. And your defense isn't uh, your defense isn't creating their own turnovers to balance that out. So you're just behind the eight ball every time you're snapping the football after giving up a turnover. 
can you get that fixed? One would think that's not been Tyler's M.O. up to this point, but it has been this season, and it's been in both games this season. Mm-hmm. Do you think um, Do you think Tyler Shuck checks out of the play too quickly or too much? No. No, I don't. I don't think so. And I mean, I'm not in the uh, huddle and you know sure. mindset and sideline enough to even gauge a good opinion of it's just, of that of what it should be and shouldn't be. I mean, they they defended him about how much he checks out because I mean he checks out. It seems like he checks out quite a bit. Um, you know, and there were a couple of runs by Taj in the game against Oregon, his biggest runs, where he checked out of that play to run. It just there's a there's a part of me that thinks like okay you've got all these guys on the sideline you got this guy in the in the booth you got you know your offensive coordinator and i don't know it just feels like it is he too smart for the room sometimes mm-hmm. i mean does he overthink it mm-hmm. tyler shut it does seem like he's got you know full reins and the green light there's no question you he know does. because uh and again this is a, was supposed to be a and it's again, it's you got time where, where maybe this is a case of changes, but that's something that was supposed to be a bonus uh, and a good thing with having an older quarterback because he has such a good grasp and has seen so much, he can do those things effectively. Like I said, I mean, when of course when you're zero and two, nothing tastes good and nothing goes well. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. And Double T. 97.3 and double t 973com Thank you for uh, tuning in this morning and being a part of our fine radio program as uh, we come to you from the First United Bank studio. Thoughts, comments, the 8th Morning Center chat line. Go to the double t 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. And you can uh, you can weigh in on this mess. Also, uh, Visual Edge IT hotline is open too at 806-771-0973. Uh, someone asked about new home football. Yes, of course, they're in action. Sorry, I missed this. Didn't give you the big headline. New home is at Floyd Data. Or as the uh, the late, great uh, Paul Harvey once said in a commercial that he did, uh, Floyd Data. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to believe that Paul Harvey mispronounced that. And the commercial had to be revoiced. <laughs> Floyd Data. Floyd Data. The choral winds. I know. You know, so uh, that's among the games tonight. You can follow all the games tonight on the Double T 97.3 mobile app. Uh, go to uh, the high school fan zone page and you'll see scores in progress. Okay. Or go to double T 973.com for that. Uh, we get this. I hate hearing this. That's a, it's a problem. Uh, tech campus, a mess trees down Holden hall flooded tailgate blown up. You know, those tents probably, I, I, I gotta, I, I gotta be honest with you. I didn't hear a thing last night, mm-hmm. but man, I never do. I mean, if we had a, if we had a tornado that came through, God forbid, and it and it took down our house. You'd probably find me uh, in bed, asleep or dead, wherever huh? the bed was. Yeah, yeah. wherever the bed was. <laughs> still, still right. tucked in. Right. Still tucked in. <laughs> Just don't pull the sheets off, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this from the Eighth Flooring Center chat line. My wife will go for the best seats and risk getting called out. Wow, I mm. uh, can't believe Chuck finally betrayed the East Side. I know. I, I would. I, I was welcomed back. Okay, and um, you know the guys that uh, we own two seats, and the the Scoville family owns the rest of the seats on our row. And uh, Field, who was uh, you know was a doctor here and played football here, um, 
he he kind of was like, where where you been? Yeah. What's going on here? I was going to ask if it, were there any words or no, I, you know, I, some welcome back, I was but welcome. some backhanded compliments uh, in there. Like, no, oh, the no. look who's returned. No, no, the prodigal son. I just, I mean, just we just spent a half on the other side, and uh, and did it feel wrong the whole time? Though, it, 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 did you feel dirty? <laughs> I felt a little dirty. You're cheating on the east side. I a felt bit. a little. I felt a little dirty, <laughs> just a little. But it was. It's pretty damn comfortable in the shade, though. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it was much as it was much for me as it was the lucky lady. Okay, uh, we want another rant, Chuck. Now I'm I'm, I'm I got one rant in me. Uh, Dallas, my my wife is definitely out on us having to do the walk of shame after having to get up and walk away from not our seats. Yeah, yeah, no. That's I, what you do have to be like if you're doing the seat yeah. moving. You have to be sure that no one else is going there. See, I th- I think that is. Um, I think that's more with uh, your buddies than it is with your spouse. I just, I don't, I, I think, I mean, my wife wouldn't go for that. My wife wouldn't go for that. Yeah. Uh, somebody says this, uh, did someone really report about what their wife thinks about the quarterback position? Well, yeah, well, she, I mean, she's allowed. It's like, look, if you go down the hall here to, down the street here to Buddy Holly Hall and you want to be critical of the lead actor, she might look at you a little strange but i mean i mean you you have a right to have that opinion of you know, that guy wasn't really very good tonight mm-hmm. you know she he, just uh he really didn't he didn't really do it for me much like the linguini is the sauce vessel in this case the sauce vessel. The husband was the text vessel yeah yeah i'm still having the opinion. sauce vessel uh and what's your what's your let me get let me get to the red raider news first before we get to the cowboys okay. so You'll, you're going to have a bunch of guys who didn't play last week. I say a bunch, several who didn't play last week that will play this week. Dennis Wilburn mm-hmm. at that starting right guard spot. Mm-hmm. He got a concussion against Wyoming. They just didn't get enough practices or enough contact for him to be able to be cleared to play last week against Oregon. Because la- the Monday before, Coach McGuire had said that he was going to be available, but it just it didn't work out that way. C.J. Baskerville didn't suit up for the game last week, mm-hmm. and he was – you know, hampered at the start of the Wyoming game with a turf toe, and apparently he's got something wrong with his arm. But he's he's expected to be uh, playing this week, so that's that's two guys that, and then another guy, Tyreek Matthews, and then Tyler Owens, who had uh, a quad strain. Um, Coach McGuire said he's hopeful that both will be able to play. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, Cameron Valdez, who we have not seen very much of, yeah. Uh, nor have we seen very much of Nehemiah Martinez. Martinez, his his deal was, you know, something happened in practice where I think there was just some extracurricular activity, right? You know, and so as a as a result of getting punched in the face, um, he had a challenge with an eye socket, I think, for a little while. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure what the what transpired, but suffice to say, he wasn't he was there for Wyoming, but didn't play very. He didn't play. He was available, and he got in against uh, Oregon. And I think you're going to see more out of him out of the backfield. Yeah, and and I, same I, thing with Valdez too. The, whether it's running or catching the little short uh, screen pass. And and I've seen a bunch of questions about Martinez. Why why aren't we involving him as much? Well, part of it was, I mean, he was available, but you knew he probably wasn't going to be used very much coming off of that in the Wyoming game. Mm-hmm. Makes an outstanding grab there late yeah. uh, to at least set you up for something against Oregon. I think that's still a guy, you know, if you're worried about him, that's a guy that I think they're still very excited about um, and you will see more and more of uh, in the coming weeks. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, this, my wife encourages seat moving. LOL. Well, good for, good for you. Uh, I look for you, Chuck. We were worried when we didn't see you, Dan in Dallas. Okay, well, but I appeared. I was there when it counted. I, I do want to point out that as soon as I sat down, as soon as we got started there, we took the lead in the third quarter. Coughed it up later, but we took the lead. So what you're saying, you should have kept moving. That was the thing. Should have stayed fluid. <laughs> I should have moved to the south end zone. Oh, yeah. you can't do that yet. <laughs> just, just out there by the, yeah. by the little scoreboard over there, the little get I got to tell you, I, I got to tell you, I was, I was, I am really impressed with how much they've been able to do since the Oklahoma game last year to what we saw last week. I mean. I mean, in terms of construction sites and not making them very much. I mean, they tore down the south end zone, mm-hmm. and they have the infrastructure is in place. I mean, it's going to take some time to get it all done, but it's pretty impressive what they've what they've done. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just more impressed. It seems very and, impressive. And may, may, maybe I'm wrong on this, and you can tell me if I am. It feels like uh, when you're doing like construction projection from a timeline, mm-hmm. they have stuck to what they said it was going to be, and that yeah. feels like that never happens. Yeah, I mean, and, and they they feel like it's going to be open uh, for the start of football next year. So I hope so. I'm I'm really anxious to see what it looks like when it's all said and done. But uh, the light show I thought was impressive mm-hmm. on Saturday. Yeah, and the, uh, the environment was uh, it was mean, awesome, fantastic, fantastic. Fantastic. All right, here's my cowboy question for you. Okay. I just have this sneaky suspicion that um, Sunday's going to be more of a problem for the Cowboys than we think, Mm -hmm. and that Zach Wilson is going to show out, and that the Jets will have a quarterback controversy because Zach Wilson's going to lead the Jets to the playoffs, and they're going to go, okay, we got – Quarterback now, we got quarterback of the future, but this this guy played awfully well, and the other guy is old and brittle when he comes back. I guess I'm the the opposite because I think if you're the Jets, what you do right now is you lean on a really good defense, mm-hmm. um, and then you lean on a solid to really good running game with Brees Hall and whatever you get out of Dalvin Cook this year. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm the Jets, I am doing as little as possible to let Zach Wilson just be the playmaker because that was a big problem of last year. Now, you know, you know he's been around Aaron Rodgers in an offseason. You're allowed to get better. And you're allowed to get better, but it was just so rocky last year. Um, it, it, it's got a lot of room for improvement in a bad way because I don't know if he can reach all the way to that improvement this year where he is uh, no doubt the Jets guy moving forward. Especially, yeah. And I agree. I, I'm, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to be like coming back if he actually decides to. Oh, he'll be back. He said his surgery went great. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's not going to go out like that. Just don't know what he'll be back as. Mm -hmm. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.